Hi, everyone. It's Michael Nesmith on the Pantheon Podcast. Pantheon Podcast presents from Hollywood, California, the devil's music with Pleasant Gaiman. You are invited to join the Hollywood princess as she explores her lifelong pursuits in the occult, sex, love, and that sinful rock and roll. Ladies and gentlemen, step into the dark parlor of Pleasant Gaiman as she brings you the devil's music. Hi, I'm Pleasant Gaiman, and welcome to The Devil's Music, a Pantheon podcast. As the devil himself apparently once said via the Rolling Stones, please allow me to introduce myself. I'm a rock and roll witch from Hollywood, California. My obsession with music and the occult started at the age of 12 and is still going strong. During the 70s, I was one of the first punks in Los Angeles. I worked at the Whiskey A Go-Go and had a Xerox fanzine called Lobotomy, which led me to writing a rock and roll gossip column in the LA Weekly, which in turn led me to writing for every major rock publication you could think of. In the 80s through the 90s, I fronted three bands. I'm a best-selling author with eight books out and more on the way. For the past 30 years, I've been a professional dancer who's toured around the globe teaching and performing, and you've probably seen me dancing in a number of music videos, feature films, and documentaries. I'm also an actor with several film credits. Find out more about me at PleasantGaiman.com. I'm really excited to be a part of the Pantheon Podcast Network of Rock and Roll Shows. Everyone at Pantheon tells spectacular stories about the music we love so much, each one with a different twist. Find them all at PantheonPodcast.com, as well as on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Radio.com, Pandora, hell, I just had to say that, anywhere you listen to your favorite podcasts. If you like what we're doing here, head on over to PantheonPodcast.com and share a show with a friend, or I'll put a spell on you. Kidding! I'm Pleasant Gaiman, and you're listening to The Devil's Music. Today's guest is a force of nature, comedian, actor, author, activist, singer, dancer, podcast hostess. She's brilliant, creative, kind, eccentric, and of course, one of the most hilarious people I've ever met and had the pleasure of working with. A damned alchemist. Everything she touches turns to gold. 
please welcome Margaret Cho. And welcome to the Devil's Music. Today, my esteemed guest, and when I say esteemed, I mean steamy, is Margaret <laughs> Cho, a really old friend of mine and probably needs no introduction. She's an incredibly famous comedian and actor and just an all around amazing person. Hi, Margaret. Hi. Um- I wanted to wear um, my Cramps t-shirt because did you know that the, the, Cramps, the, the Cramps logo is the sigil of this house? Really? <laughs> <laughs> because um, the Cramps, the reason why I live in this house, I'm not sure if you knew this, but the reason I live here is because Lydia Lunch forced me to buy this house because at the time, Lux and Ivy lived around the corner. And um, this is when Lux was alive. And so she forced me to buy this house because she said, like, with the the intention that we were all going to hang out. Of course, we never ended up doing it. And she never really did tell me where they lived. But, uh, and then when I was listening to you on Muses, uh, you were talking about uh, your date with Brian Gregory. And I never knew all of these connections that we all had with all of these different people. So it's so funny because it's like, oh, like we actually like walked on so many paths before we even met each other. That's insane. I can't believe it. It's the sigil of your house. Yes, the Cramps logo is the sigil of my house, which kind of makes sense. No, it totally makes sense because, okay, so um, we'll talk about how we met in a minute, but um, I have to say that the first time I went to your house, I was blown away. It's like total 1920s glamour and there's stained glass windows and beautiful artifacts. I was immediately struck by the antique mortician's table in the living room. And then when I asked you where where the restroom was, you know, where's the powder room? And you said, it's right in there. And I sat down to pee and there was, I looked a little bit to my left and there was like a giant, like five foot tall paper mache fetus in the shower. (laughs) <laughs> Unfortunately, <laughs> that baby uh, is not here anymore. Um, that baby uh, was made out of pantyhose, and it was part of a Halloween because um, uh, that was my uh, husband at the time, who's a great artist. He still is. Um, he uh, was uh, he he was curating haunted houses. And so he had made a, a giant uh, fetus for um, the well, haunted house. The one of them was a, a baby that was um, made out of pantyhose. He used a lot of pantyhose in a lot of his art. And so that, that baby was, it was, it, but we never used that shower. But now the shower is actually usable and the baby's gone, unfortunately. 
baby's gone. The baby is gone. I know. I remember the ambulance parked outside your house too. I know the ambulance is gone too. I think the ambulance is uh, probably. Um, actually, I think the ambulance is also gone too. I think he's also retired all of those art projects. You know, we've all kind of um, moved on. A lot of the the space for art in the um, early 2000s, 90s and early 2000s, all of that has like kind of vanished. It's it's very different now. Yeah, I agree. Um, So what, do you remember like what year we met? Was it like in the 90s? I feel like we must have met, it must have been in the, uh, I've been reading about you and known about you and your, I mean, I've known about your physical image for probably since I think the 70s. Like, I think I've been seeing your photographs and seeing your uh, physical image at least un- un- since 1978 or 79. You know, seeing you, because you look familiar to me from like that, from seeing you with the go-go, seeing you at like photos of you in Registraceland, seeing the, um, you as a punk rocker and how to be a punk rocker, like looking at sort of the instructive, like icon iconography of you um through all of that i think since the 80s 70s 80s and then through the 90s so then i don't know if we've actually physically met until either the late 90s or the early 2000s doing class at um your belly dance class yeah when you when you emailed me the first time about that I, mm-hmm. I, I didn't, I, I was like, I looked at that email and it said Margaret Cho and I was like, this can't be Margaret Cho. And then, and then you were talking about Al, your husband in the email. So I knew it was really, <laughs> I thought it was like a scam at first. Oh. But, um, yeah, Margaret, um, do you remember when we, um, do you remember when you asked me to, to, um, well, first of all, when you were in my dance classes, that was amazing because nobody in the classes knew who you were. They thought you were just like some quiet Asian girl in the back, mm-hmm. you know, that had a really good shimmy going on for like <laughs> belly dance classes. And then remember you brought me a, um, a flyer, a, like a hard copy flyer, something else that doesn't go on anymore. Um, yeah. of when you were playing at the, at the will turn and you um, asked if, or no, you first you asked if I wanted to open for you at the will turn, and I was horrified because <laughs> I didn't think yes. that that would work. Yes, but it was so great because it was a different way to kind of open a comedy show, and you were wonderful. And then it was this thing of like, let's take dance onto the stage, and then we started doing these um, dance sort of shows uh, where it was fusing dance with uh, comedy and then doing these like burlesque shows and then Katrina happened. And then we, I'm sorry. And we started doing these um, things that were like dance burlesque shows that were uh, kind of benefits for Habitat for Humanity. And yeah. uh, it was the sensuous woman that, that were happening at first at El Cid. Yeah. So we were doing like these, and every time we would donate the money and it uh, was going to Habitat for Humanity for some, and then we would sort of different, it was different charities, I remember. Um, one time we gave the money to um, Asia Carrera, that 
porn star. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was just going to mention that. Yeah. So, because she, uh, her husband had uh, died in a motorcycle accident. So it was kind of like Oprah's angel network, but it was like we were giving it to different, like, um, different people who maybe wouldn't have benefited necessarily from an angel network. You know, it was for <laughs> people like Ace yeah. Rare, like porn stars and, you know, different, um, different people like that sort of like were in between um, whether it was um, kind of like charity or whether it was people we thought deserved the money in, in different areas. I thought it was really cool. Yeah, I love that. But Those were great. They were great days. It was a different time, but it was like we had, um, you were there. It was Selene. Um, we had interesting performers. Yeah, it was always like, it was like the best variety show ever. It was, um, we had uh, that guy who, who threw the axes. We had a knife thrower. Oh yeah, the knife thrower, Jack. What was his, what was his last name? Is it Jack Danger? Yeah, it was Jack, it was, it was Jack Danger, I think. He was, yeah, that, it was a knife thrower. And then he had, um, his girlfriend was like the, the knife target. And then we also yeah. had, I was working with Brian Chick in the whip act. Yeah, that was so good. And lipstick and lashes, where I was. That's um, so good. <laughs> I know that I invented that name. We were trying to figure out what we were going to call it, and at first I said Miracle Whip, and then I oh. thought it sounded too religious. <laughs> oh, that's very. It is very religious. And that also would be very good. trailer trash. <laughs> that would be good though. Like if you if you were like it was sort of you know that would be good to do kind of um uh a kind of a a holy flagellation. Oh, yeah, you know, that would be a great act for now, too. You know, like, if it was something like a, um, if you were, like, a nun getting your habits, like, whipped off. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why we never did that. Oh, my God. That would be a good one, because then that would be really, like, um, like a Fulci movie, or, like, kind of, like, a, like a giallo, like a giallo, like an Italian giallo movie, like, um, yeah you know, sort of like nuns in a convent, like a lesbian convent, kind of like, I would love to be like a mother superior, like whipping off a convent, like a, like a convent full of like, you know, recent, uh, <laughs> like, uh, like novices, novice, novitiates, like very like young nuns. That would be really fun. I know. Oh my God. Like just, uh, I could get into that habit. <laughs> I know. It's like a bad, it's a hard habit to break. I love it. <laughs> That's a really good one. And um, instead you know. of being a top, instead of being a top, you could be a superior. <laughs> yes, mother superior. That's very good. I love that. I love that idea. But it's like very, you know, also like the Leslie Gore, um, you know, kind of very... Uh, but yeah, that that's a that's a good thing. But then it was like a burlesque show. Then we went to New York and we did it with... Um, it was the sensuous woman. So it was the early part of um, YouTube. So we had like the very first YouTube star, which I think is Liam Sullivan. Yeah. Every, I know, you know, you know, it's so crazy about that. He, he was, as Kelly, he was so ubiquitous mm -hmm. with shoes. And um, yeah. people were like, people, including my sister were saying, oh my God, have you seen this this guy doing shoes and I was like he's in the show I keep telling you to come to <laughs> so good it's so good it's so like um shoes 
<laughs> he was so sweet. He was so, uh, it was so hard for him because um, he, he was like leaving home for such a long time, you know, and he's not somebody that was like used to touring and used, you know, cause we were all such like, uh, you know, on the road all the time and used to being like living out of suitcases. And he was never one to do that, you know, to like be uprooted and, and leaving um, his house forever. And so, you know, for him to leave home for two months and kind of be living, kind of the, the way that we were living. We were all sort of on the floor, on somebody's couch, and kind of that way. It was hard, but he loved it. It was such a sweet, I don't know, it was a sweet thing for him. Remember he cried? He cried on the last night. Yeah, I know. All of, the, all of that was so fun. When we were living in New York, that was like, it was like um, backstage at a chorus line, run amok or something. It was, <laughs> it was really beautiful. But we yeah. had a good time. And then we ate a lot of uh, hot dogs. Or I did. You didn't. That was great. It was gross. No, I didn't eat it. But, um, like, yeah, that we were at the Zipper Theater. That theater was totally haunted. Mm -hmm. um, do, okay, so speaking of haunted, do you, do you remember when we were doing the Sensuous Woman at the, um, the Gay and Lesbian Center Theater in L.A.? And... Uh, Actually, you might not remember this. I don't know if you remember this because it was you were on stage doing a, a lighting check, and um, you asked Ian Harvey and I to go in the audience to like check your lighting, and mm -hmm. so we were taking photos of you on stage and you know yelling like do this or do that, you know, so we could see what the stage looked like. And then after the lighting check was done, um, <clears throat> Ian and I were looking at the photos and. Uh, there was all these like dots on one of it. And I said, that looks like orbs. And then um, he's like, oh yeah, that totally looks like orbs. And we were enlarging the photos and he had a much better phone than I did at the time. And um, then, then, so then we started taking more pictures and I think he took a video and the orbs were like floating around. And we were talking about how most theaters are completely haunted, but then that that, that one was pretty new. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, why would it be haunted? And then right then, John, was John the theater director then? I don't, yes, I don't, yes. Okay. So John was like, how do you guys like the theater? And we're like, oh, my God, it's beautiful. Because it was like brand new or fairly new kind of state of the art. And then he said, you know that um, every seat in the theater is dedicated to somebody that, that died of AIDS. And he said there's a plaque on the back of each seat. And then, and then like, he got some call on a walkie-talkie and he had to go. And Ian and I started looking and every, every seat had someone's, like, birth date and death date and their name and all that stuff. And then all of a sudden, Ian just said into the air, well, you guys, I hope you like the show. Because <laughs> then we realized why all the orbs were there, you know? It was, yeah. that, that was insane. That's amazing. Yeah, I mean, I think that it's like, um, I mean, theaters are generally always haunted. I think, you know, because it, it makes sense because, you know, it's like that that sort of like where you would imagine people would be. Like, I think that's where I would go because there's seats, you know. <laughs> it's a place where you're like, you're like, oh, well, I guess I would I would be here or like a hotel. A hotel just seems like it would make sense. Hotels are always kind of things like, 
I always feel like presence, even if, um, cause you were always the caretaker. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like I always feel, I always feel like I, like, a, like Scatman Crothers in like the shine, <laughs> no matter what, like every time, like I'm always kind of like, I'm always that I've always have like a Scatman Crothers feeling at a hotel or I always feel like when I'm anywhere, especially if it's an old, old hotel, that there's some oh, yeah. presence there some feeling definitely yeah, I, I usually even feel like new. Jack Nicholson if I stay in a hotel more than a few nights <laughs> yeah there's a sense of like a repetition and there's also a sense of like patterns of people like the movements of people like where they've been or like where they've like traveled to and even if it's like um if, you know just uh or things that I've done in the room like I can sort of feel like where I've moved in the room and just like reflections of myself or if I've stayed there before stuff yeah. I've done there before it's weird if you stay in, in a hotel, if you've stayed in a hotel before um do you try to get the same room um I have I mean it, it's it, I don't try to but it it isn't happening a lot especially like if like in comedy they usually give like comics the same room just because that ends up happening like if you're working in a comedy club they usually like book out the same rooms for comics oh yeah um that's just sort of what happens but it, it, it's kind of like uh it, it it's it i just sort of reflexively um sort of feel like it's the same sort of space in my mind and um I don't know, like, I, I, I definitely feel a sense of comfort in that. Like, I really, I like that. Like, I like that sort of, like, I, I don't know, the, the sameness of it. And it feels yeah. good to me. Like, consistent. Yeah, the consistency and the familiarity. And then the, um, but the, there's something about, um, you know, like, a, when, um, you sort of make peace with the idea that uh, ghosts don't have to be scary. That's a nice thing too. Like they're, um, I, I sort of started to sort of think about that. Like when you can kind of like make a feeling with the spirit world or make a kind of a, um, a treaty with the spirit world where this is actually like, I don't know if it kind of comes with being like over 50 but it's it's almost as a, a a feeling of like okay well I'm on the other side of this now, like I have more gray hair than black hair, so I can sort of say well I'm actually probably more carbonized <laughs> or more oxidized than not, so I could probably say I'm more spirit than I am water, so I could probably say that I qualify more to your side than my side. So then let, let's say that like, I'm closer to you than I am to the earth. So let's, let's make a treaty where you're not going to fuck with me or try to scare me now. I think. Yeah. I, I just talked to them. Is your house haunted? Your house must be haunted. So. I think so. But there's a calmness to it. Like I don't get like weirded out. I used to get more scared. Like when I first lived here, when I very first moved in, like um in 1999 i was super terrified and i think that like that sort of made me hang on to uh relationships for longer than i should have maybe you know with the people that i was with and you know some of the relationships that i had of course there's a lot of good times but then there was a lot of bad times that i um sort of let go a lot 
uh, because I just um, didn't want to be alone. And now living alone here, I'm really satisfied because I'm not afraid to be alone here, which is a different experience than, um, and I really had to come to terms with sort of thinking, I think it's because I'm sort of okay with the spirits here and okay with um, the presences that I feel all the time. And it's not just like people or, or spirits. It's like actually like animal ghosts and like weird sort of like wood sprites or whatever shit's going on. I don't even know. Yeah, because it's so sort of rural. Um, I mean, you live in the city, but it's very rural up where you live. Yeah, there's a bunch of stuff. I think that there's a couple of animal ghosts. It seems to be uh, there. I think there's also, um, uh, I feel like all of my uh, dead dogs are here too. Yeah. Like, um, the, uh, my big dead dogs, um, the little dead dog, uh, the, uh, so my, yeah, my three dogs and the dog that died the day that she moved out. Um, that lived here before I lived here. And then um, the original owner who uh, was here in 1928 when the house was built. So I think that she's here too. Um, but she's sort of a very quiet roommate. So I don't see her around much, but she's, she's somewhere around here. Was she just and, like a rich lady or did she have anything to do with like the movies or? I don't know, but it, I know that it, it was the, uh, so the house was built by um, somebody who was part of the Bell Labs, which I guess is like, so I, I don't really know, but they were, they had something to do with the uh, Bell Labs, but that, that's all I know. Um, there's no, there was no real history of the house, except that this was the first large house built in this area. And that, oh, wow. that the money seems to come from the Bell Labs, but that, that's the only information that I have. But it, it's a it's something that's hard to research because there's nothing really about it. But when they um, did the um, remodel, uh, when they uncovered all of the architecture, they found a, a very large, um, I guess it was like a a, a five pointed star in the uh, attic. So really? it, it's it's kind of like yeah. So it's sort of they found some sacred geometry that that was sort of like this thing of like very surprising. I guess was it a like lot of the beams? Kind of was it like the beams of the in house? The beams. Yeah. Wow. The beams. So it's right. Uh, it's right above me up here. So it's a very interesting sort of thing that's up there. Um, but I think that that's probably up in like a lot of old houses that you know they just have this like sacred geometry that is kind of just hidden in places. But uh, I really appreciate that. I think that's a really great thing. Um, but yeah, it's something that uh, really stayed with me. There's there's just an odd oddity, but there's something that really roots me to this house and this property. And I'm really grateful that I am here now. Um, and I plan to stay here for the rest of my life. You know, I don't I don't really feel like there's any reason to leave or you know move anywhere. I'm really glad that I'm I'm stuck on it <laughs> and then you can haunt it for the next person yes that's what i think that's that's the appropriate thing to do i think <laughs> <laughs> um do you remember like the the first time that we were um 
we were traveling down to San Diego because I was opening mm -hmm. a show for you down there. And we spent like the whole drive and rush hour there and then back talking about like um, UFOs and EVPs and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes. And um, Unarius and... Um, because when you when you when you drive down, you've got to talk about Unarius. That you know, the drive down to San Diego is always going to be filled with thoughts of um, Heaven's Gate. Whenever you drive yeah. down to San Diego, you've got to think about Heaven's Gate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in in our containers, <laughs> yeah. we, were, we were talking about. Wait, that was Heaven's Gate, right? The containers, wasn't that? Yeah, and um, isn't it and. Uh, the um nikes and applesauce with um all of that uh oh what is the drug that they did it's oh i can't so, remember it it it's a barbiturate they um they drugged themselves so that they could get into so they could get behind um the hail box comet oh yeah yeah oh my god i forgot about all of that yeah so they could all commit suicide so they could get in behind the Hale-Bopp comet so that the harmonic convergence, it was all had to do with the harmonic convergence. And uh, so they could get in, it was like sort of all combined with Star Trek. It's a very like intense mythology because they were trying to like verge their um, androgynous bodies. I mean, it was like they, they had to sort of not only desex themselves, you know, and that they were like trying to, um, hermaphrodize their bodies, something like that. And um, kind of uh, go into this uh, phase of like becoming one with Marshall Applewhite or T and Toe or D and Doe. And um, it's very intense, but uh, it's also it's kind of connected with Unarius too. I don't know why, it's all very San Diego. That is very San Diego, but you know what else too? You live like you're, I mean, going back to your house for a second, you live right near um, Devil's Gate and where all the Jack Parsons, JPL sex magic with Aleister Crowley was going on. You know that, right? That, I mean, oh, um, well, I know that JPL is right by here. What is that? What is, what is, uh, what is um, Devil's okay. Gate? Okay. It, it's the, um, it's like it's like sort of like a weird portal near where where you live it, like mm -hmm. it's, it's up like in the hills of pasadena it's right near jpl and um a lot of children disappeared there like over the years i think starting in the maybe even before the 40s or the 50s but it's it's mm -hmm. super haunted and then jpl um labs which is still there there was there was a book called Sex and Rockets out on Feral House Press a long mm -hmm. time ago, and it was all about um, Jack Parsons doing um, sex magic there with people like Aleister Crowley and L. Ron Hubbard. Oh my God! I, I know. Wait, sex. Let me look at this. Sex and rockets. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> as Margaret Margaret stalls from the interview so she can I know you can order the book on Amazon. <laughs> I thought I had every every uh I think oh by the way I think Adam Parfrey was assassinated but <laughs> oh, oh yeah I know huh I I really think that Adam Parfrey was assassinated I think that he was like um 
you know, uh, disseminating um, dangerous information, and he was probably assassinated. I agree. Adam Parsley is the was the publisher of Feral House that published this book and many other amazing subversive books. Okay, well, wait. Really? Are, are you drinking Red Bull or beer? What was that? Red Bull. <laughs> Red Bull. <laughs> no, it just went, it looked like beer. <laughs> I know, it looked no. like a, Yeah, I'm just downing a Coors. Um, it's my beer it's my uh, taurine beer um but it's like uh you know i i I couldn't believe that he was dead like i was actually um because i just got um a a bunch of uh these other like uh i I was looking at all of these crazy um jim goad books because i was like talking oh yeah and um he he's he's amazed like he's like hey, what was these, like, Jim Goad's magazine called? Answer me. So I have all these like big like um, compendiums of Answer Me. They the magazine was like they would do like four issues and they would find them. And that so was it was like, what, what what that was a really subversive and aggro and political and artistic magazine. Like was that in the eighties? I don't even remember. It was like in the late 80s, early 90s that he did with his uh, wife, Debbie. Yeah. Yeah. And they, um, it was like, it was zines. And they would like, um, they bound them. And so there's a bunch of issues. And then it was around the same time as um, Ben is Dead. But it was like, it was a little bit before Ben is Dead. And then it was like, um, so they would bound them. And then they had... um, then he had a bunch of Feral House books, but I think Feral House put out Answer Me. Yeah, I think and then they did he had too. a bunch. Of, yeah, he had a bunch of other Feral House books. <laughs> but then Feral House is still Feral House is still kind of going though, right? Is it? I think it is. But right, right before Adam Parfrey died on Facebook, this is so weird. He he put a picture of I married a witch with um, Veronica Lake on there because they had just put out mm-hmm. like the like a commemorative DVD and I and I I have known him or had known him for years but I hadn't talked to him in like over a decade and this was like and I just said oh you're gonna you're gonna send this to me when you're done right and I mean that was the first contact I'd had with him with for ages and he DM'd me and he said yeah give me your address and then it came in the mail four days later oh wow I know that was crazy that is so crazy. I, you know what? I should like really like look at this whole Veronica. It's so weird that you're talking about Veronica Lake because uh, last night um, uh, my friend was like talking about Veronica Lake too, and I haven't thought about Veronica Lake for forty years, like forty. Years. <laughs> <laughs> and I, it's so weird that like he was talking about her last night, and then you're mentioning her, but I didn't know that she. Um, had uh, become a heroin addict. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, that she had um, uh, sort of like, she'd been this very big, big star and then then like totally become a heroin addict. And then- I had no idea. Isn't that crazy? I was like, I didn't know that. Isn't that weird? That is weird. I I need to read about that today. Yeah, Yeah, me too. So weird. I had no idea about that. So we have to do our research about that, and then uh, the uh, uh, <laughs> devil. What is it? The Devil's Gate. Devil's Gate, and and um, 
all the sex magic with L. Ron Hubbard and Jack Parsons. And I think also Aldous Huxley was involved. I mean, there was like a whole insane conglomeration of that stuff going uh, on. Does that have anything to do with Ted Michaels? No, no, no Ted B. Michaels. Because, you know, the, I think that Ted B. Michaels Ranch is behind this house. Wait, who's Ted B. Michaels? How do I not know this? Ted B. Michaels, he had... um spar ranch which is uh he made those movies with um tura satana um, oh 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 wait but i as soon as you said spar ranch i immediately thought of spawn ranch yeah like, <laughs> everything I know. Like, any good ranch begins with spa apparently yeah i know <laughs> but it's um no he had like do the movie making ranch it's like um he made a bunch of like those B movies with uh, Tura Satana, and it's it it. I think it's we almost share the same property. It's it's like the property line butts up against um, like the my gate or the, my fence is up against his fence behind That's my crazy. fence. That's crazy. That's really yeah. crazy. Yeah. So I think that his. I mean, he's gone. Of course, he he died a long time ago. But it, it's right there because um, I think that's what 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 the there that property is and then i always like try to figure out where lux and ivy are too in relation to this house because that's supposedly where they're supposed to be around here or they were i think i think ivy is still there i haven't um i i have never been to their house either though the, the last time i was at their house it was in new york in like 1978 in their apartment mm -hmm. that they used to have. yeah yeah so what are you, are you listening to any good music lately? Is there anything going on music-wise that, that you know about or that I should know about? Because I'm just still, anything that I seem to hear new is horrifying. Oh, well, I am crazy about Megan V. Stallion. She is really oh. beautiful. <laughs> No, I love that name. I have to, I have to like, um, I, I see, I've actually gone OCD on that name. You know how like, you know how I just repeat yeah. stuff? <laughs> it's the, the stallion. Um, uh, it's so cute and beautiful and like is two E's. And it's just like, I love that stallion is male, but she's female. And it's just, um, she's just her songs are so good like it's just um and she's really so smart you know she's just like I I find her music really energizing and really beautiful and I'm I'm just really um impressed with it you know I I'm uh I, I'm just a huge huge fan of it I love her um I really love uh, Beach Bunny. I think you would like Beach Bunny. It's really good pop and um, really, these like girls, they're like so cute. They're in their early 20s, uh, Claro, C-L-A-I-R-O, Claro. They're, these girls, like they're, they're like in their early 20s and they have these bands and they're so cute. Claro, Soccer Mommy, and Beach Bunny are my favorites. <laughs> are they from here, or is it like K-pop, or what? What is no? It? Uh, Claro, I think is um, Beach Bunny. Oh, Claro is. I'm not sure where she's from, 
Beach Bunny, I think, is um, East Coast. Uh, Soccer Mommy is Nashville. They're all girls that could be like our daughters. They're all like in their, their moms are like younger than me. <laughs> you know? Their moms are like probably in their 40s. You know, wow, and that's, they're that's like, so crazy. It's so crazy, but their uh, songs, they, they just kill me. Like their songs are just so beautiful. And I, um, yeah, the, I, I really, oh, and Mitski. Mitski is really good. But yeah, like I'm like loving these, like, um, it's kind of like post emo. And they're these young girls and they sort of dress like they're in their, in the 90s because they think, so they wear sort of like their mom's old clothes. Uh-huh. And, and they, they sort of, I'm like, oh my God. It's like they're acting like they're doing this like cute sort of like 90s pretend like we did when we wore our mom's clothes and pretended like we were living in the 60s or the 50s. 50s, yeah. Like I would wear my mom's clothes and pretend I was in the 50s. In yeah. The 80s. Yes, exactly. <laughs> or yeah, all of that. I love that. It that now I know how weirded out our moms felt though. Like when you see yeah. young people doing that, or I mean, it's kind of like when you see Forever Twenty One or something like trying to revive some fad, but they get the they get the parts of the fad that they decided to design. They did the wrong part of the fad. Yeah, and you're like horrified, like the great, like giant, like wide pants, and it's just like, oh my god, that's horrifying. It's so yeah. gross, but it's really, uh, it's also really beautiful too. Like you're like, that's actually really great, and I, I, I don't know, like I really appreciate it as well. Like I, I think there's something about it that is just so disgusting, but it's really sweet. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm like. This, I really get this. Like, I really get it. Like, I, I love it and I, I hate it at the same time. But it sounds uh, yeah. like anybody we have a crush on. So disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But like, um, and also, but yeah, I've had some, um, some sex with some really young people, like in their early 20s as an older person now. Yeah. And, and they're like dressed like that. And it's like a time machine. It's weird. Wow. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> It's like being a time machine, and I'm like, this is super disgusting and weird. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what? Am I, what am I doing? And it's like so crazy, and it's just a, like me and my weird old body with this like young person, and it's just like, it, it, it. They're in like they're doing like some kind of weird costume party thing, and I'm I'm like <laughs> actually like real, and it's so funny, but it's it, it's really it's it's like. The puka shell necklace is the one thing. I remember no! this one, one guy, he was, this was a long, long time. This was actually like 25 years ago. This guy was so cute, but he had the ugliest like Guy Fieri bowling shirt and oh. puka shell necklace, really super tight. And I just wanted to strangle him with it. It was so ugly, but he was so cute. But it was like a, like a flammable, like Guy Fieri, like, yeah. shirt that was like rubbing up, up against, it was like really polyester it was like bowling shirt but like rubbing up against them it was just so like 
you know, and then it opened up to reveal a bunch of like tribal tattoos, and it was just like <laughs> so horrifying. It was like sex on the Jersey Shore. <laughs> yeah, just so like gross. Like it, the whole thing would have just like gone up in flames. It was so like flammable, but it was so cute, <laughs> so disgusting. Uh, I when I first came to California. Well, not when I first came to California, but um, this was later. This was in the, I came to California in 1975, but uh, after, after punk rock and crawling into the early 80s, um, I kind of like skate culture really came on my uh, radar. And mm -hmm. um, I, started, I started dating so many surfers and skaters because they were all coming to Hollywood for punk rock. Um, that at, at one point, like, um, a girlfriend of mine said, um, why don't you put an ad in Thrasher that says, ride team pleasant, all the pros do, but, <laughs> <laughs> but, but, um, one time I was having sex with a really famous skateboarder and, um, a pile of surfboards fell on top of us and he was like horrified. He was so, I mean, this is, I'm just thinking of this off the top of my head from puka shells. He was absolutely horrified. He was apologizing. And meanwhile, I was sitting there with like bruises from like 90 surfboards falling on me, just thinking this fucking rules. This is the most California thing that's ever happened to me in my entire life. Oh, that's so great. That's so cool. That's very cool. I love it. Oh, <laughs> that reminds me of when the puppets fell on you. Wasn't that when, wasn't that right? Remember when oh, the yeah, it was a ventriloquist. <laughs> was a ventriloquist <laughs> that's so scary. Was, I keep thinking about that. That's like really terrifying when the puppet fell on you. It was, well, it was, it was sitting on the back of my, it was, it was sitting on the back of my couch, like a vintage ventriloquist on me in a nice little suit. And uh, uh -huh. I was having sex on the couch and it fell down, but I didn't notice that part of it. But all of a sudden I started hearing this, like this crazy noise like this that wasn't coming from my body. It was like this uh -huh. weird clattering. And I uh -huh. opened my eyes and the dummy's head was right there up against my face. And its jaw what, like sort of came out on the little strings. And it, so its lower jaw was clattering into the top part of its head. <laughs> God, that is so scary. That's really scary. That's like that, that's like that, that's like that, that, that movie Magic. It was exactly like that movie magic. That was, I, that was, that would be like if anyone ever made a porn of magic. <laughs> Scary. That's really magic. That's black magic. That's terrible magic. <laughs> yeah, that's that's like purgatory magic, right? <laughs> yeah, it's like really scary. That's like really. I mean, it. The, I'm the, a stronger the, person for it <laughs> because it, it's very like. I mean, that's real like puppet terror. That's like your magazine. Yeah, that magazine was really influential and really important because it's like the puppet terror i actually um did, uh i watched a, a youtube video about the revisiting the movie dolls oh, because yeah. it's the, the about the sophistication of the animation and how um they animated the dolls faces and how 
deeply scary that movie is. And it really is. It really is terrifying. You have so many, you have a bunch of dolls and stuff. I think there's like a, um, like a gene pool where some people have, some people have a real affinity for like mannequins and creepy dolls and weird old baby dolls. And then there's some people that totally don't understand it. I mean, I was actually talking about that the other day because there's the people that don't like that stuff are so horrified by it. But then there's people that, I mean, somehow it also got to be like burning man adjacent somehow, but there's, I really think that's like part of people's genetic makeup. And I don't know if it has anything to do with some kind of a weird, like haunting or like, like ancestors who made poppets or voodoo dolls or so. I mean, there's some, what do you, do you, have you ever thought about any of that? Like why you're attracted to that kind of stuff? Um, I do love, you know, what I love is the, um, you know what, I don't know what it's a thing, what they're called, but like, you know, when there's like on a ship, there's the, the thing that they put the woman in the front the of her head, the figure head. So yeah. yeah, I have a couple of those and I love that. And I love that, that, uh, when there, there's that thing. And then, um, so I have a, a couple of those, and I love, like, statuary. I love goddess uh, imagery. Um, and then, like, uh, I have a bunch of um, statues of people having sex. So I love, like, uh, and, like, Buddha, like, Kuan Yin's of, like, con conjugal, like, sexual sort of, like, statuary and Kama Sutra statuary. And then I love dolls, like, kind of being, like, I love, like, this sort of shamanistic power of like figures and yeah so I, I definitely have like a doll thing like doll mannequin wax figure thing like I love thing like Barbies and shit like <laughs> anything like that like to me is really it's full of life and play and it's definitely like creepy and definitely like weird, but it's also really friendly. Like it's not, um, I don't know. It, it's, it's certainly something that is, I could see people getting freaked out by it. And I could but see wait, people being like, that that's weird. Said, it's weird that you said friendly because like my, co my code word, just like a handkerchief code for <laughs> For anybody that that likes dolls, or when you have a bunch of like weird dolls or or old dirty stuffed toys together, as I always call them, friends. Like I call them friends. It's not, not like they Jennifer are. They're friends. <laughs> yeah, they're friends. They're they're like really friends. They they really are. Like I love their special friends, and I mean I think it's um. You know, to me, it's really comforting. And, uh, but I don't have a lot of like, um, I guess the, the kind of dolls like, uh, well, I don't have a lot of like the life size dolls. Like, I don't have, like a lot of the big, big, big dolls are gone. Those yeah, are, I don't most either. of those were owls. Yeah. Most of the big mannequins are gone. I like, That's kind I of like sad. mannequins. I don't, I don't have them, but I have them in my yard. And there's also, yeah. there's like bottom half of a female mannequin with an antique prosthet prosthetic leg on it because she only came with one leg. Oh, yeah. 
I love the mannequins. Those are, those are great. I mean, those are, those are really beautiful. And a lot of those are um, Al's. And so those are gone. I think, yeah, he's got those. those are, he's got a really good one. He's got a couple of really great um, old, like real wax ones from like real like wow. wax museums. Yeah. Wow, so those are really, really cool. Yeah. But I think, um, you know, those are very, very rare. And uh, he's very, he's very good with that kind of stuff. But he had made um, one with uh, an old plastic sort of skeleton, and then he covered it in pantyhose and buried it in the ground. So all the acid from the soil had rotted the pantyhose and made it look like human flesh. So wow. he did a lot of stuff with like pantyhose that made it sort of look like sort of skin and like flash it's like really crazy really creative that's so weird that's like that's almost like those um that exhibit that goes around of the people that were the dead bodies that they inject all the the oh yeah plastination yeah plastination that Gunther von hagen's dead what it's his name is Gunther von hagen's and he's the german artist that uh started that yeah, he patented that um, technique to plastinate. He injects uh, bodies with uh, cadavers with um, this plastic substance that um, it, it, it sort of like treats the tissue with plastic and it turns it into a kind of a, a kind of a different fiber. So it makes it like all plastic and it just preserves it forever. So it's pretty amazing, but it, it's very difficult to get, like you can donate your body, but it's very difficult because they uh, will only take certain people, like if they need that particular type of body to display, because it's basically not science anymore. It's art right. slash science. So if they're going to do it, it's like, we'll use this for display if we need this for uh, display, you know? Right. Yeah, I saw that exhibit once and someone, like they had the donation forms at the end and I can't remember who I, who I was with, but they were like, you couldn't do that because no matter what they injected into you, all the glitter that's in your organs and system right now would fuck it up. Yeah, it's very hard to get um, into the, uh, like you can, you can definitely donate, but it's like only if you die of like a really crazy disease or if you just match whatever, like they had like one display that was like women who had fetuses that were like in a certain point of gestation. And so they had like every month. So if it was like matched a month, then you'd like, oh, oh well, this month we had this, That's you know. crazy. Yeah, like this month is like this way, this month is this way. So every month had a different like model. So it was like kind of a perfect sort of like each month model. So they, they had like specific like things of like what they need to match for criteria of who gets to fit, you know, it's, it's like, a, it's really amazing. But they had like other ones where, you know, they have like athletes and my favorite That's one great. is, uh, or the four horsemen of the apocalypse. They had like the guy that's like on a horse no skin is like amazing which is like so they have the horse without the skin and then the guy it's like so incredible so but that's yeah i i love that exhibit yeah that's wild it's really I, really good are you um are you doing 
any kind of magical stuff lately? I think so. Stuff? I think so. I think it's like really, I mean, it's a constant, you know? It's like a constant, like, you know, you grow and you continue. Like, I feel like your witch life really gets stronger and bolder and bigger as we grow older. And especially in this quarantine, it's like all we have. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's really important. Like this, um, this time has like kind of been a time where we can have that, you know, and I'm really, I'm really grateful for that. If anything, that's the one place where I can't, it's like, I really reject this idea of like being productive because it's a very sort of a male ideal. It's like, I'm going to be productive. Like, I'm not, I'm not about that. Like, I don't care. I'm using this time to focus on whatever that is that is like um healing and um growing whatever that witch is whatever that witch means you know that's what i'm trying to do too i i sort of i was so i mean you were so so productive all the time and i was so productive especially in the past year i was so productive that i was only getting four hours of sleep and the minute mm -hmm. we went into quarantine i was like fuck it and within two days not even intentionally i just reverted to my normal natural nocturnal life pattern of like going to sleep between 4 30 and 5 30 and then just waking up at 1 p.m or whatever but um <clears throat> i keep thinking of quarantine as a liminal space mm -hmm. it's just it's like good a, yeah it's good to be that way because it's like you're so productive that you've already lived about seven or eight lifetimes. I mean, it's really, it's kind of um, unbelievable already. So it's good to sort of take a pause and, and sort of just see what the next incarnation is because you sort of want to just sort of like take stock because you do, you do have so many things. It's like we both do. We both have sort of like this thing of like, that, that, that's the sort of the curse of the polymath. <laughs> yeah. It's like, what do we, we have to sort of look back and go, wait, 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 wait. We have to take that sort of like heady Lamar thing. We both have like a heady Lamar thing. We go, <laughs> like, like, hold up, hold up, hold up. Like, let's just like take it down a second. <laughs> <laughs> Eddie Lamar and Veronica Lake. <laughs> yeah, it's like they wind up in that Veronica Lake space of like going crazy and like going off the rails if we don't, you know, or we or we could. It's maybe it's a two path thing of like you either go a heroin addict or invent cell phones or invent the internet. <laughs> like it's like you know maybe it's that sort of thing of what is the better path to do or you know maybe it's like. um the better thing is to just allow the space to happen. I think it's like, I do get into a thing of like uh, too productive or needing to be too productive or being productive out of guilt. Yeah. Somehow. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't well, want to um, do that. Like, do you miss performing now? Yeah. Like for live? I do too. Yeah. A lot. And I, I really miss it. And it, I, I realize how much of an extrovert I actually am. 
And it really makes me sad because it's like, I also complained about it so much, you know, and I, I, I vow not to uh, complain about it as, and whine about it as much as I do, because I really do treasure it. And I, I, I really just, um, I'm not as grateful for it as I should be. So that's what's, what's sort of like all of this, um, quarantine has made me realize is that my uh, gratitude is really uh, not non-existent when it comes to my work because I really do love it and I just miss it so much. I miss it too. I, I, um, I never thought of you as having no gratitude. That, I mean, that might have just been your own personal thing, but honestly, when, when we were touring, you were like the most... Um, like seriously, the most grounded on the road person I've ever seen, well, you know? And I mean, I, maybe you covered up some stuff that you were going through or something, but you were just so circumspect and so calm and so zen that I loved being around you, not just because you're so fun to be around, but it was like, it, it was like almost like meditation. If I was having a stressed out moment of something, I could just sit near you and I remember how you'd always be holding your phone up and just like texting really in a, a certain position and it felt like like that felt like a statue or something to me. I just felt like I was near like some kind of a calming deity. I'm not kidding. <laughs> That's good. Oh thank you. I'm so glad. That's good. Um yeah. But yeah, I miss I miss performing. When do you think quarantine and all this stuff is going to end? Do you have any? Did you get any like psychic flashes on that or anything? I feel like uh, we'll get to a place of being more fluid. In um, I think probably the fall. At least we'll be more mobile, and then I think maybe. Um, I don't think we'll be more normal for at least a year. Yeah, I know. It's so weird to, to think of that. I, so I have weird. panic attacks. Like I'm thinking like, I'm, I'm already like, well, I'm, I'm still technically, I guess, middle-aged, but I can go into the supermarkets at the, um, you know, at the senior citizen time. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah. But so I keep thinking like why why am I like rotting away in quarantine when I should be having like sex before it becomes like rest, you know, like old folks home sex. But it's it I mean, it's like uh, there is no I mean, I don't know. I feel like we don't have to worry about aging because we're not we're not in the same category as that because we're kind of immune to a lot of those standards when it comes to like the timing of things because we really did opt out in terms of like timing for so many things in terms of like the way that like women live their lives in general. Oh yeah. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't say like, I was sort of thinking about that, like, Oh, should we like, sh should we be like making sure, like for me, I'm like, should I be fucking as much as possible right now before? Like, yeah, now? that's it. Yeah, that's what I, <laughs> but I don't think that that's the case because it, it, it's not like that. It's not, for me, it's not like that. I don't think it's for, for us, it's not going to be like that. Okay, good. 
it's really not it's really not because it, it it's just like we don't run on the same timetables as others it's it's not the same it's not the same okay see now you're making me feel all happy and zen and calm again <laughs> it's really important to embrace that and i like i really do think about it and i i was watching actually harold and maude and i know that like she's 80 in that and it's kind of a ridiculous story but she's super hot and it's like i wouldn't mind i'm like hey you know what there's a lot of fucking time and he's really in love with her and <laughs> you know he's really mad when she dies <laughs> Wait, Corey Parks told me about, I mean, this is a moot point now because of quarantine, but Corey Parks told me about some website where there's people that are like, want to hook up with cougars, but cougars doesn't even mean just someone in their 30s. I mean, it, it, it can go into like full on like Harold and Maude town. So I, I, I feel like I really need to investigate that. Oh God. Oh God. <laughs> They're so hot. The thing is, is that the young people are so hot for any, uh, yeah. But the thing about it is that it's just, it's also about who you're attracted to. I'm not that attracted to younger people. But, I mean, I, I it takes I'm attracted a lot to them to, visually. I'm attracted to them visually, but it's also like, it's kind of a lot of work too, because they can be really annoying. Like it, it, you know, it, it, it's, I love, um, it takes a lot for me to be attracted to somebody. And a, a, and a lot of that has to do with um, experience and common ground. Common and, ground. Yeah, there's so much that it, it, it's age has to do with it. And, um, you know, you don't get that often um, in a young person. No, not it's at like, all. There's so much that shared years on the planet have to do with uh, hooking up. Like, there's just something about it. I, I really think um, as, I, as I kind of get more of an understanding about sex, it's like really like, I, I, I do think that it's, it's just better with, with people older. Yeah, and I, agree. I Yeah. But, but yeah, even I the mean, older... I, I, Wait, go ahead. What were you gonna say? No, I I think it's like I I hooked up with somebody that was um twenty seven, so that's mm -hmm. like half my age, half my age, and it's like, I mean, so beautiful, but <laughs> <laughs> the oldest person that I've ever had sex with is still like four years younger than me. <laughs> But, um, and the, I, I, I said that to, to him and then, um, this was before we had sex. I said that to him and then, um, he said, I said, you're going to be the, if, if we ever fuck, you're going to be the oldest person I ever fucked. And then he said right back to me, yeah, well, same with you, but it's okay. Cause you're grandfathered in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so cute. I know. Oh. It's so cute, but it's like, 
you know, it, it's sort of like the younger, the younger they are, the more um, they want to have something to prove. So maybe it's like, sometimes they're just born to fuck. Some people are really great, you know, it just depends. Yeah. It's good. It's, 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 it's wonderful to explore it and they're down for it. Have, have you ever um, had sex with like someone that was like a fangirl or fanboy heart of you or do you avoid yeah, yeah. that? Yeah, really? yeah, definitely. How, yeah, it's a, fun. Like a lot? It's different. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. It's fun. It's different. It's way different. And it's I haven't like, tried that. Yeah, it's fun. It's different. It's like, it's just <laughs> another experience. It's like another kind of like, um, yeah, it's different. It's, it's definitely like, um, it, 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 sometimes it's, it feels a little bit like, uh, you're kind of, you have to sort of get them past this thing of like, um, that they can't believe it. <laughs> yeah. And that it's not, then it's like, the, then it's, it's not, uh, a weird thing. And that it, it, then you sort of get, get them past something and then, but then it's good. It's, it's good. It's different. It's nice. That would be like if me or you fucked David Bowie. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Somebody like that, it would be very, um, I mean, it would be hard. Like, you have to let go of so many sort of expectations about what, you know, because you sort of have gone through it in your mind about what this would be like and, you know, or you're, you're so reserved because you can't really let go because you're so scared. You yeah. Know? So that that kind of a thing. Um, so yeah, that, that sort of like, um, I guess it would be like that for them. That's what I meant. You know? Yeah. 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 That's so weird. So, yeah. So that's good. I mean, I think, yeah, but it's good to explore. And that's, that's why I think it's a good time to just be having sex now. It's just weird to do anything with somebody new because of the quarantine. I've, yeah. I mean, but yeah, they're, like, have you noticed, well, I don't know if you've noticed this, but like, I don't know how much you're on Instagram or social media DMs, but the biggest new pickup line, or it's not even new now, it's because it's been going on for weeks, is instead of someone saying you're pretty or just, hey, you know, like those, those kind of DM things, now it's always like, because this is a great excuse, but I'm also sure that they're sincere because everybody is, is but I identified it as a pickup line. Um, hey, how are you holding up? You know, <laughs> that's. <an laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. It is. It is. A, everything's a pickup line, I think. Now, you mean in quarantine? So, yeah, every, everybody's so thirsty. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But I mean, I, but I mean, really that's like one that like can be, that's an ambiguous pickup line where it doesn't seem like someone's being aggressive. Like. Right. It's like it presents well. It's kind of caring enough that yeah. it's not, it, you know, it's not trying to be anything. And it's not weird that it's coming in at like 3.35 a.m. either. Because everyone, you know what I mean? Like yeah. any kind of social mores, as far as time goes, have just flown out the fucking window. That's right. It's so funny. It's so funny. Okay, so... I think I have to ask you one more question, unless there's anything else that you want to talk about. Like, okay, mm -hmm. um, surgical masks and mask fetish. Hot? Yes. No. Hot. Super hot. Hot, hot, hot. I, I knew it. we'd be on the same page. Super hot. I love it. 
It's super wanted- sexy. What? It's super sexy for sure. Yes. How many people do you think are discovering their mask fetishes now? I don't know, but I'm totally mask for mask. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Look, wait, I have are you no one on the no one on the podcast can see this, but look at this fucking gangster mask with the dollars all over oh, I it. I love it. That's so good. Augusta so made it. Penny Star Jr. That's really good. Oh, that's so cute. That's really good. And it's so it's so ironic because money is so dirty. <laughs> money is so filthy. And you know what else? Speaking about money and masks, like how about the fact that you could just walk into a bank if you wanted to with your face completely covered and nobody says a goddamn thing? I know. It's so good. I love it. <laughs> or I got I got carded the other day because um I went to Walgreens to buy sponges and, and pick up medicine and stuff. And I had to, um, like, I saw that there was champagne on, on sale. So I just was going to grab some, like, cheap-ass champagne because hashtag, you know, lockdown. Um, and so I'm sitting there in, in cat-eye sunglasses and a surgical mask. And the lady behind the, you know, the plexiglass partition goes, can I see your ID, please? So I was like, <laughs> like that. You know, <laughs> And I was like fumbling through my um, purse trying to find my ID. And then I said, oh, I don't have it. I'll go and put the champagne back. And um, she said, no, that's a lockdown essential. And then she's like, what year were you born? And I said, 1959. And she immediately just started bringing me up. She didn't even say take off your glasses or take off the mask. Like I could have said, you know, I was born in 2000 or something, you know. And she was just horrified that I was going to leave without like, something to get Aww. me through lockdown. <laughs> That's so nice. Yeah, it was really yeah. good. It's so good. Uh, well, I can't wait till I get to see you in real life again. I know, I miss you. Maybe we should try to have us, maybe I'll come over and we can have a social distance walk or something. I would love that. That'd be really good. Okay. I love you. I love you. This is really mm-hmm. fun. It was really good. Mwah! Thank you. Thank you. Well, that was just a teeny tiny little snippet of Margaret Cho. Isn't she the damn bomb? You can find her all over the internet. Her website's margaretcho.com. Twitter's Margaret Cho. On Instagram, she's Margaret underscore Cho. And she's got a podcast called The Margaret Cho on Apple every Tuesday. So go hunt her down. And stay spooky, y'all. Bye. I'm that bitch. Yeah. Been that bitch, still that bitch. 
will forever be that bitch. Forever be that bitch. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm the hood, Mona Lisa, break a nigga into pieces. Had to ex some cheesy niggas out my circle like a pizza. I'm way too exclusive, I don't shop on Insta boutiques. All them little ass clothes only fit fake booties. Bad bitch, still talking cash shit. Pussy like water, I'm a mother and relaxing. I would never trip on a nigga if I had him. Bitch, that's my trash, you the maid, so you bagged him. I'm a savage. Classy, bougie, ratchet. Sassy, moody, nasty. The Devil's Music is written and hosted by Pleasant Gaiman. Produced by Aaron Alden. All sound design by Jerry Danielson of Busy Signal Studios. And of course, is part of the Pantheon Podcast Network. Find all of our shows at pantheonpodcasts.com. Our social presence is at Pantheon Podcasts on Facebook and Instagram. Tweet us at Pantheon Pods. All songs can be found wherever you get great music. Please pick up these important and fantastic tracks. <laughs>